as I was um, reading it, it, it really ministered to me. And um, it's just amazing, just the things that you go through, you know, the words right there, man, to comfort you through during your uh, times of of trouble and trials, you know. Um, the psalm was written by David before he became king of Israel. And he was being pursued by the present king of Israel, Saul, and his army. David was in such fear that he took refuge in Gath, which was the land of the Philistines, who are enemies to Israel. David was running from his, his former king and his friends, the ones who he fought to protect and the ones he fought alongside with. These guys were now his enemies, hounding him, wanting to kill him. David had done no wrong to receive this hostility. It was Saul's jealousy toward David that allowed this to happen. And we're going to be in Psalms 56. So um, can you guys turn there? Right. This psalm was written um, by David. And uh, it starts off right here in verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All day they twist my words, all their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps. When they lie in wait for my life, shall they escape by iniquity? In anger cast down the peoples, O God. You number my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Now, in this psalm, there's so much we can learn from David. As he's being pursued by his friends, now become enemies, he has alternating waves of fear and faith that swept over him at this time. And what an example he is to us. In spite of his situation, it didn't matter what giant he was facing, didn't matter the storm that he was in, or even that he was being tried by fire. David never took his eyes off the Lord. He didn't complain. His first initial thought was to pray. As we can see right here in verse 1, he says, Be merciful to me, O God. David is praying to God to have mercy on him. So what is David asking for? He's asking God to have compassion on him, to have pity, to be benevolent, or extend his kindness towards him. And why would David ask for that? After all, he was the one who slayed Goliath. You know, he killed a bear with his bare hands and also a lion. So why would he need help? It says right here, 
in verses 1 through 3a. It says, For man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day. For there are many who fight against me almost high. Whenever I am afraid. He was facing a giant he could not defeat on his own. David was in fear. And let me ask everyone a question right here. How do we face our giants in our life? Now, the giants that we may be facing may be different than those that David was facing. We weren't being pursued by Saul and his army, but we have giants that we deal with every day. Um, they may be co-workers at work. It may be our finances. It may be our marriage. It may be your health. You know, we all face giants in our lives, and unless we're going to be like David and cry out for mercy, we're going to fail. We're going to stumble, and we're all going to fall. We should take David's example and cry out to God for mercy. God hears. It says that in verse 9. It says right there, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Don't let your anger get the best of you. I know in my situation, when I'm facing a giant, sometimes the first thing that wants to come out is the flesh, you know, and, and I have to learn the hard way. And um, I get upset, I get depressed, and I get oppressed. And I start venting my feelings, you know. And, and what does the Bible say about that? The Bible says that in Proverbs 29:11, it says that a fool vents all his feelings. And a wise man holds them back. It also says in James 1.20 that, that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And this is so evident. When we take our eyes off the Lord, I mean, it's over, you know, it's over. You know, we let our giant consume us and, and we need to be very careful. We need to be, we need to be like David let us use the example that was written for us, for our edification. Right here in verse 3 and 4, it says, whenever, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. David couldn't change the situation he was in, and many times neither can we. David determines not to fear. Right there it says that in verse 4. I will not fear. What does he say? He says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I will put my trust. We see where David has his security. It's in God. Not in himself, not on his own strength. David goes to God. And the same way that God delivered David from the hands of Goliath, the same way he delivered him from the bear and the lion, God is going to deliver him from the hands of his enemies. Right here in verses 5 through 7, we see what appears to be a spiritual battle. In verses 1 through 4, we see David focused on the Lord, crying out for mercy, afraid and trusting in God, determined not to fear because his eyes are fixed on the Lord. But now right here in verses 5 through 7, we see a spiritual battle taking place. The Bible says in Ephesians 6:12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And these verses is a good example of that spiritual battle, that war that is taking place within his mind. He went from fear in verses 1 and 2 and part of of 3 to faith in 3 and 4, back to fear in verses 5 and 7. It says right there, All day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together. They hide. They mark my steps. When they light and wait for my life, shall they escape by iniquity. In anger cast down these people, O God. Why is he wavering back and forth? Well, it's because it's not easy. David's human, and he's no different than we are. He's letting his thoughts get the best of him right here. God has just, he said, I was going to put my trust in him. You know, and now, you know, he's going back to taking his eyes off the Lord and putting them on his problem. How many times do we let our thoughts run rampant in our mind? How many times do we let our thoughts keep us awake at night? How many times do we keep our eyes on our problem rather than Jesus? Jesus is bigger than all your problems, bigger than any giant you're ever going to face in your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, that we're to bring every thought into captivity. And that's what David does. He gathers himself, he brings his thoughts into cap- captivity, and he focuses on the Lord. A lot of the times, you know, we have our problems, you know, and, and do, we do uh, resolve to come to the Lord and pray, you know, and, and God gives us that peace that surpasses all understanding. But real quick, we go back to thinking about our problems. You know, God's going to deliver you from your problems. He's going to give you that peace that does surpass all understanding. And he's going to, where we don't see any light, God's going to bring light to whatever situation that you're, that you're in, you know. And, and that is the God that we serve, you know. God is so personal, you know. He, he's so, so personal. Right there in uh, verse 8a, it says, you number my wanderings. God sees where you're at spiritually and physically. And God understands your situation far better than you do. He keeps count of your wanderings or your restless tossing and turnings at night. And this is the God that we serve. I mean, he he just loves us so much. And we really have to understand the type of love that he has for us. You know, his love never fails, never, ever fails. And it's such a blessing to know, in spite of who we are, that God loves us the same. You know, I mean, I will never, ever comprehend that till we're home, you know. Like uh, Charlie Campbell was talking this morning that he put his son on the cross for us, you know, to take our punishment. And who would be willing to give up their son but but God, you know. I mean, he's the only one that can do that because I wouldn't be able to give up my son. And I'm not being selfish. I'm just being real, you know. It's only God that can do that. Uh, Verses 8b, God knows how you feel. It says right there that he puts your tears into a bottle. He not only knows your tears, but he records them and retains them. That's amazing, you know, that somebody would gather your tears. And why would he do that? Why would God hold our tears? 
Well, maybe it's that one day that he would transform them into gems of joy and glory. No tears are ever wasted when you follow him. You know, I, I was reading something that uh, in the Jews, I'm not sure where it was at, but I, I had read it that what the Jews would do is that they would hold their tears in, you know, they would put them in the bottle when they would mourn for the people. And when they would bury the dead, they would put the bottles, the, the tears in there, you know, with the people. Did you hear that? <laughs> I, I had read that. I thought that was pretty amazing. Verse 9. God hears you when you call. It says, when I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. And if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, nobody. You know, it doesn't matter what the opposition is. You know, God's on your side and uh, he's bigger than anyone. You know, stronger, richer, all that stuff. Psalms 34, 6 says that, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. I know when I came to the Lord, I, I know my life was a mess. It, it was really, really bad. And, um, you know, I read this psalm, and I'm sure that a lot of us here can relate to this, you know, because God heard me, and he heard you. You know, when you cried out to him, you know, he didn't, he didn't hesitate, you know. I mean, he, he gave that deliverance right away, you know, and that was, that's amazing, you know, because God didn't put us on the back burner. You know what? I cried out to God. I asked for forgiveness, and, and that same day he restored my life. And I'm sure, like many of us here, you know, we all have that day, you know. And uh, for me, that, that was the best time of my life ever, you know. And uh, we can never forget that, you know. When you cry out to God, be sure that your motive isn't just deliverance, you know, because a lot of the times, you know, we get in trouble. There's a lot of non-believers that, you know, cry, Lord, save me. If you save me, I'm going to serve you, you know. And, and you know what? God takes them out of their bind. And you know what? They're, you don't see them around. You know, you see them doing the same things that they're doing, you know. And uh, God delivers us that he would get the glory, you know. that That's why we're here today, you know. That's why I'm here because, you know what? God did such a work in my life. That all I can do is just give my life right back to him, you know, in the same manner as, you know, all you here that serve in the church. You know, God is doing that work and he does it that that we would glorify him, you know. And, and it's funny because, you know, that scripture that says that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Hello. You know, that's me. You know, that's me. And um, God is good. You know, God is so, so good. So, um he saves us that we might delight in him and serve him. And right there in verses 12 and 13 says, Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? So God wants glory, you know, I mean, you know, that, that that's why we're here, you know. But um, going back to verse 10 and 11, it says, um, In God I will praise his word, in the Lord I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? It's David's faith in God that would set him above the fear of man. It's his faith in God who is faithful that will deliver him from fear. 
And it's your faith in God that's going to sustain you. And it's that same faith in God that's going to give you rest. It's your faith in God that's going to bring you peace. And it's your faith in God that's going to restore your family. It's your faith in God that's going to break your addictions. And it's your faith in God that's going to make you a godly husband or a godly wife. And it's your faith in God that's going to slay that Goliath, that giant in your life. You just got to have faith. You have to believe. And just like Jesus told Thomas in John twenty twenty nine, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. And that's us right here. And we are going to be blessed. You know, a lot of the times we don't see how or, or when or, or or even why, but, but God is going to bless us because our faith is in him, you know, the unseen. We see David's commitment right here in verses uh, 12 and 13 and his answered prayer. You know, David committed to serve the, God, the Lord. It says right there, vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? David had made a vow, a promise, or a pledge, a personal commitment to do to do what? He, he wanted to render praises to God, you know, and for what? You know, it says right there that he answered his prayer because in verse 1 he said, Be merciful to me, you know. He had all these guys coming after him and um right there in verse 13 it says that god delivered his soul from death and that's why he's rendering praises to him and um that's what we should do you know we should render our praises to god always because he's constantly answering our prayers you know and um it's not in our timing, it's in his timing, but we got to have that faith, you know. We, we, we have to just uh, continue to, to believe and not give up and not lose heart. You know, a lot of the times in the church, we see a lot of defeated Christians, you know, just people walking around just like not smiling, not having that joy of the Lord, you know, and including myself at times. You know, I, I like to be a happy guy, but I think... I wear my faith on my face, you know, and uh, I can't hide it. But, you know, um, we have to be just willing and just knowing that, you know what, we're in a better place today than we were before we came to the Lord, you know. And even uh, we just need to count our blessings, you know, because uh, no matter what, you know, God is working in your life, and he has a plan for all of us here, every one of us, you know, and I don't know what his plan for you or, or for you is, but I know that God does have a plan, and we have to believe that, you know, we, we can't lose heart, we got to just continue to uh, to just serve him, you know, and just be faithful to him, because it's him that's going to deliver us, you know, like he delivered uh, David right here, you know, and um, he brought peace to his life, you know. And he slayed his giant for him. And he delivered him from 
the hands of, of the lions and the bears. And um, we all have those giants, and, and we have to be willing to acknowledge those giants in our life. We can't run from them, you know. We have to stand there, and we got to face the giant, you know. But we can't do it on our own. We, we can't, you know, and that's so evident, you know. We're going to fall, we're going to fail, we're going to trip up, but, you know, we serve a mighty, awesome, and powerful God that is going to slay that that giant for us, you know. I mean, we just have to just cry out like David and ask for mercy, and God is, is faithful in answering prayer. Amen? All right. That was Psalm 56. Now we're going to be uh, doing Psalm 57. Okay, this psalm... Is very much like Psalm 56. Uh, David is on the run again from Saul. You know, this guy is always running, man. And um, this psalm is considered a cave psalm. And that's where he was at when he was running from Saul. This psalm can give you great encouragement. And you may say, I don't live in a cage, you know, what do, or a cave. What does this have to do with me, Mr. Escoto? But, uh, okay, this is a cave song. And uh, our caves, you know, just like David, he was there. You know, he's being um, chased by Saul's men. He's uh, he's up in the cave. And, uh, you know, he sees opposition against him, you know. And and, um, how many times do we have people opposing us, you know, all the time, you know. I mean, it it can be in your workplace. It can be here in the ministry. And uh, it can also you know, be uh, a sickness or something, you know, there can be tension in your home, you know, because of your marriage. And um, if we take this example, as we can read right here in Psalm 57, like David did, then you know what, um, this psalm's going to bring peace to our lives, you know, and uh, we can use uh, David's experience in the cave uh, to bring that peace. Now, uh, if you guys can please follow along with me. In reading Psalm 57, it says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed by, I will cry out to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are like spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Excuse me. 
right? We can just imagine the distress that David was in up in that cave, looking out at his enemies, plotting against him, setting traps for him. Just like in Psalm 56, David cries out to God. In verse 1, not once but twice, he says, have mercy on me. Be merciful to me. I like the example of David's faith. I'm sorry. Skip the spot. We see David's sincere plea for help. It says right here, for my soul trusts in you. I like the example of David's faith and confidence in the Lord. In verses 1 through 3, it says right there, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will, I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed by, I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He, sa- he shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Okay, we can only speculate that God had delivered David from his previous trials. But what an example we see here. It says right here, In the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until the calamities have passed. And just, that's awesome, you know, because, I mean, here David is um, amongst the men right there in the cave. You know, he sees... You know, all of Saul's guys trying to come and attack him. You know, he's in the cave and, um, you know, they're setting out traps for him, you know. And, um, you know, he, he doesn't even fear, you know. He, he puts his trust in the Lord and he cries out to God to be merciful to him. You know, he says, you know, in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge, you know. And um, the Bible in Proverbs 18.10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run to it and are safe. And uh, what would you do in the midst of your trials? You know, how do you, how do you react? You know, do you repay evil for evil? Or do you, do you do like it says right there in verse 2? Do you cry out to God, the Most High, to God who performs all things? You know, that, that's, that's awesome because right here, you know, David could have had a lot of temptations. He could have been out there cursing the guys and, and you know antagonizing them as he's up in the cave but he doesn't do that you know what he does is he he seeks god for refuge you know he cries out to god and, and you know just from reading that i mean we can we know that god had delivered david already you know from his enemies and here he is again you know crying out to god you know what i need you again god and and god as we read he's going to be faithful in doing that you know, in verse 4, it says right there, we see David surveying his situation. Okay, so he says, My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. And when I read this verse right here, it reminds me of being at work. You know, it, it, it does, you know, because... Um, you know, right there in the conference room, you know, there's a whole bunch of unbelievers, you know, and just the words that they speak and the things that they say, you know, and whether they're joking or not, when you hear them, you know, 
it hurts, you know, it hurts, you know, and you kind of just like shrug it off and stuff, you know, but uh, for me, I'm like, man, why would you be telling me that, you know, it hurts me and, and you know, their words cut, you know, and a lot of the times I go into different homes and um, you hear just the way uh, the husbands talk to the wives or to the kids and just with a real, real foul mouth, you know, and um, I'm like, wow, man, and then you hear the kids talking back the same way, you know, and they got those razor sharp teeth, man, that are cutting, and when I read that verse, that that's what I thought, and I'm like, how awful, how awful, because I remember before I came to the Lord, how I used to speak, and, and you know what, God gave me a new tongue, you know, and, and that same week that I had got saved, he took them curse words from my mouth, and that's how I knew I was saved, you know, because at one time I was at work, and I hit my hand with a hammer, and um, I didn't curse, man. The word that came out of my mouth was shoot, shoot, and I don't think I've ever said that word shoot, you know, but that's when I, I just realized, okay, I, I was saved uh, this prior week, and I hadn't cussed, you know, and I knew that God was doing a work, you know, and um, it was such a blessing. You know, because uh, words words hurt, you know, words hurt. And, and right here, you know, you could just imagine these guys right here just uh, just speaking evilness against David. And, and it's like his friends turned on him, you know, because these guys were part of Saul, uh, Saul's army. And, um, you know, David served, you know, with Saul and these guys, you know. So I'm sure at one time they're fighting hand in hand. And now, you know, they're chasing him because the king's saying, you know what, I want that guy's head, you know. So now, you know, he has his friends looking down at him, you know, just talking a bunch of smack to him, you know, just words that, that are cutting. And, and, you know, it's just like if Gabe was up that right there and, you know, telling me bad stuff for no reason, and I'd be like, why, Lord, you know, why? So, um, yeah, I, I really thought about work, and I said, well, that's sad, you know, that we have to live and work amongst uh, nonbelievers that, that – um, they love cursing, you know, and more so because they know that you're you're a brother in the Lord that they're going to want to speak more evil, you know, just to see what your reaction is, you know. But, um, you know, we got to just, uh, we got to wear Christ, you know. We got to wear Christ and uh, we get tested and even through that, we just have to um, just sustain it, you know. What do they say? Sticks and stones may break my world. My uh, bones, but words would never hurt me. Well, words do hurt, you know. Words do hurt. Uh, right there in verse 5, it says, um, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. And right here, as David's looking out, he's um, longing to see God's glory manifested in crushing his enemies. You know, he wants vengeance, and he wants to be vindicated. Verse 6 right here says, They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They, had, they have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. And that is awesome. Right there, uh, David's enemies, they had careful plans to trap him. And, um, you know, he was tired right there. It says that... Um, his soul was bowed down. So, so this, you know, I'm sure they had been pursuing him for days. And, you know, he might have been in that cave for a long time. And um, the cool thing about that is that um, the enemies had dug a pit for, for David to trap him. And yet, they were the ones that got caught in it, you know. 
their plan backfired. And that was kind of cool, you know. I mean, God, God stepped in, you know. So God stepped in, and, and David didn't even have to lift a finger or anything. You know, he didn't have to sin or, or anything like that. What he did, he cried out to God. God answered his prayer, and he delivered him from his enemies because that trap that was set for him, his enemies fell into it. And so we see David right here praising the Lord in verses 7 through 11. It says, My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory, awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Okay, so right here, uh, God delivered David from the cave, from his trial, from his enemies. And uh, like, you know, we said before, is God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, let David be an example to us. As he was surrounded, he was fearful. And you know the amazing thing about this? Like I said, he didn't have to lift a finger, you know. He prayed and God delivered him from his enemies. You know, he didn't have to sin. Uh, he cried out to God, and God heard him. And, um, you know, we need to let David's life and just the way he responded at this time be an example to our lives. Because, um, you know, like I said, a lot of the times, uh, you know, people come against us and there's situations that we don't have any control over, you know. But, you know what, God's going to give you that peace once again, you know. And we have to just have that faith and truly, truly believe that, that you know what, God does hear me. You know, he heard, he heard you when you cried out to him, and he delivered you. And um, I would just pray that you guys would just continue to um, to read the Psalms, man. They're awesome. They're awesome, you know. I mean, if you want to know the heart of God, read the Psalms because, um, you know, they bring so much peace to, to our, our situations. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. These Psalms speak volumes. Thank you. Uh, let, let me pray. Father in heaven, Lord, uh, we just come before you, Father God, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. It's you, Father God, that speaks. It's your word that, that goes forth, Lord. It's your word that's piercing, Father. It's your word, Father God, that brings peace, Father. It's your word, Father God, that delivers us, Father God. And we just pray, Lord, by these two psalms that we study today, Father God, that they would stick, Father God, and that we would know, Father God, to cry out to you for mercy, Father God. You are merciful to us, Father God. You died on that cross, Father God. And you brought us out of darkness, Father. So I just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father God, that we would wear you, Father God, that we would put on Christ, Father God, and act in a manner, Father God, worthy of representing you, of being Christians, Father. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.